Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Charles Payne. I'm Kat Timpf. I'm Stuart Varney. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Wednesday, January 24th, 2024. I'm Jessica Rosenthal. He's won Iowa and New Hampshire, but the former president's lone Republican challenger insists she's staying in the race for the Republican presidential nomination. She's going to have to change her whole playbook if she's in it to, to stick around for the long haul. I'm Dave Anthony. There's new research showing blood tests may help screen for Alzheimer's disease even before symptoms show up. Some people might say, why do I even need to know that if I'm not going to be able to do anything about it? That's really the billion-dollar question, but we're starting to develop drugs that make some difference. And I'm Jason Rant. I've got the final word on the Fox News Rundown. Former President Trump was the projected winner of the New Hampshire Republican primary early in the night. But Nikki Haley spoke first, vowing to fight on, reminding her supporters that polls show most people do not want a rematch between the former Republican president and the current Democratic one, which Trump noted. But she ran up when it was seven. And, you know, we have to do what's good for our party. And she was up and I said, wow, she's doing uh, like a speech like she won. She didn't win. She lost. Now, what will Haley do between now and South Carolina's primary, which isn't for another month and possibly beyond that? So our fight is not over because we have a country to save. In the the next two months, millions of voters in over 20 states will have their say. We should honor them and allow them to vote. While Haley was joined on stage by her family, former President Trump was joined by his former rivals, Vivek Ramaswamy, Tim Scott, his former Immigration Customs Enforcement Director, his sons and others, as he bounced between a policy focus and frustration with Haley. It, it almost was like Haley wanted that response. or she, 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 I mean, that, that, That's the last thing the winner of the New Hampshire primary should be doing. You, you could be magnanimous, you could go after your rival. But to act like you lost, I mean, if you didn't know who won and who lost and you watched that speech, you would have thought that Donald Trump lost the New Hampshire primary. Josh Kraushauer is Fox News Radio's political analyst, and he's joined shortly in the interview by Fox News Radio's D.C. correspondent, Jared Halpern. So she certainly got it in his head, got under his skin. Now, whether that changes the fundamental trajectory of this race, I, I doubt it. Like, Trump is starting to rack up support among Republicans. And, I, you know, South Carolina is going to be, even in her home state, is going to be a tough, tough nut to crack. She's down by quite, quite, quite a significant margin in at least the early polls out there. But, boy, if, if, if Trump acts like that and, and that's the, the, the face he puts forward to, to voters, that's, that's not going to be the type of, of winning candidate. That's not going to look like a winner, especially heading into a general. He, he didn't necessarily seem that angry. Angry. He just kept mentioning that that she did it, that that even though she lost, that she felt the need to go out there and, and speak first. Yeah. Um, and look, the Haley campaign, I've just seen a statement uh, right after uh, the, that speech uh, calling Trump's comments an angry rant filled with grievances, offering nothing about 
nothing, nothing for the American people about his vision for our country's future. So that he's given the Haley campaign some billboard uh, materials, a bulletin board material heading into South Carolina, assuming that she does stick in the race for the next month. And that's a that's a long time. Yeah. That's a long time. We're going to be long time um, in political time. Yeah, in political days that that that'll take. You're going to see a lot more of this mano a mano if she continues to stay in the race. Okay, so let's talk about the the actual win. Um, was it a, a big enough win for the former president? I mean, yes, he won, right? But Nikki Haley, I, I guess, would she have had to have lost by such an enormous amount that she would have bowed out? Or was she never going to bow out because she was going to her home state? Look, tr- Trump, Trump is still on the glide path to be the Republican nominee. The, the, there's never been in the modern era a Republican non-incumbent who's won both the Iowa caucuses and the New Hampshire primary. Uh, mm. And then Trump is really the first to do so. And that's, that's a sign of strength. I mean, that's why the, those comments were so discordant with what actually happened here tonight. Whether <laughs> Whatever the the margin ends up being, it, 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 it's... it's, it's um, substantial enough for trump to celebrate and and frankly kind of put the put the primary he could have put the primary behind him and already looked ahead to the general but he decided to dwell on nikki haley's decision not to step down from the race so yeah i mean it's a uh it's it's a it's, Trump can often be his own worst enemy. We saw the magna- a very rare. F- whenever you see Trump in rare form, rare magnanimous form, like we did in Iowa, you know he's <laughs> going to revert back to form, and we saw that here in New Hampshire. Jared Nikki Haley says she's not done, um, but Ron DeSantis also said he wasn't done. Right in Iowa, it took it took some time, took a few days, but then he was done. For a campaign, does it really just come down to cash? I mean, Ron DeSantis said, yeah. "I can't ask my supporters to carry on." Right. Right. Listen, I think the Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley paths were always different, right? So for somebody like DeSantis, it really was clear that his approach of trying to chip away at those Trump supporters uh, was too tall a task, right? He didn't chip away in the way that he wanted to in Iowa. Uh, The polling in South Carolina showed that that Trump was still the preferred candidate, especially among, you know, people who said their second choice was Ron DeSantis. So the paths for for Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis, I think, were always different. But you're right. Like, no candidate is out until they're out. And a lot of factors can, can drive that. It could be, like in the case of Ron DeSantis, just kind of looking at the map and looking at the numbers and saying, I don't see a path here. It could be uh, a lot of support financially or institutionally uh, start to leave, start to go the other way, whether it's staff. You know, for Nikki Haley, it is a tough decision, right? The next major date uh, on the calendar is her home state uh, of South Carolina. And I do think that she really wants to be able to to compete in, in in that primary, right? And Jared, it's, the major date might be South Carolina, but there's a minor yeah, date right well, first. At first, it's Nevada. That is technically accurate, right? There's a February 6th yeah. primary and a February 8th caucus, but Haley's in the primary and Trump is in the caucus and the primary result doesn't count. Uh, yeah, that's sort of it. <laughs> is that right? Uh, so <laughs> here's what happened. La- uh, last year, uh, the Nevada Republican Party approved... Uh, this kind of of hybrid option, right? Because there was a state law that there had to be a primary election for major parties. The Republicans said, well, we kind of still want to do a caucus. And so they basically said, well, we'll do both. Mm -hmm. And uh, Trump is uh, an option in the caucus. That is where delegates will be allocated. Haley is a candidate in the primary. As of right now, there are not delegates uh, allocated. 
Um, so I suppose when when Trump uh, said that he has already won Nevada, <laughs> that is true, uh, in as much as he is like the only person competing in the caucus. Right. Uh, I guess Haley will win the primary, although there are not delegates, uh, which is why those of us like like are kind of skipping it over and be like, well, I guess we'll just move on to South Carolina. Well, you know, one interesting, really, really <laughs> random wrinkle about the Nevada primary is that there's an option to vote none of the above. That's right, right yeah. <laughs> you don't want to lose the none of the above. That actually may be, I mean, as a political uh, junkie, that, that none of the above share of that vote sure. against it, that could be a test of whether... Governor Joe Lombardo has said that that's what he will write. Because you can technically vote in both. You actually have to vote none of the... You can't just say I'm yeah. not voting. Right. You have to actually vote none of the above. you got to mark that, that, that box, yeah. So, so that could end up being something of a referendum on Nikki Haley within the Republican mm. uh, primary. But the, the, South Carolina is going to be the big test. That's going to be yeah, the big test I, if she I, sticks around. I that think one. that's why you, you're seeing everybody kind of focus in on what's going to happen in yeah, South Carolina. Yeah, of course. Because Nevada is just, I mean, yeah. The, the, it's kind of like what's happening in the Democratic primary here in New Hampshire, right? You, you have – like the state saying, well, we're going to hold our primary the way we always hold the primary. And the DNC's like, well, no, we, we changed the order. Right. And it's up to us. And you're not going to get any delegates. And people are like, well, but I'm still going to run. And so you had this write-in campaign for, for uh, President Biden. But it doesn't matter because there's no delegates. But nobody believes that they're really not going to have delegates at the end of the day. So <laughs> you kind of run. It, it, it's, a, it's, it's a strange election. It is a strange election. <laughs> Josh, let me um, – I just want to reference that point you just made about um, how four weeks is like an eternity in political time. What what do you think we're going to see specifically from Nikki Haley, I think, in, in these next four weeks? If if the money's there, if she stays in, goes goes the home stretch, you know, takes it all the way. Does she get more pointed in her attacks against the president or does she continue to sort of focus a little bit more on the general and Biden? Well, look, she's going to have to change her whole playbook if she's in it to, to stick around for the long haul. So she this whole notion that I can't go after Trump or I'm just going to talk about electability. I'm going to talk about Trump Trump being about chaos. That, that's not going to be good enough to actually fight mano a mano against Trump in her home state of South Carolina. She's going to have to take and look at what he said about her. I mean, that, if she really wants that that one on one fight. She may have gotten it, and maybe that'll up, up her game. Maybe that'll focus her her argument against uh, the former president. But look, right now she she is trailing uh, the former president by pretty significant margins in her home state. So yeah. she she needs some. If, if Trump acts like this throughout the next four weeks, then maybe this race actually becomes interesting. But you would hope, uh, you know, you would expect someone who is in strong position to be the nominee to get his act together and to, to just act like a front runner instead of acting like a someone who lost a. Primary. Okay, Jared, one more for you, because immigration has really shot up as the, the main issue uh, in Iowa, in New Hampshire, likely beyond. Last week, Speaker Johnson said he handed the president a list of over 60 things he could do, executive actions he could take to stem the flow of, of migrants. Does the president strike a deal with Republicans on this border issue mm -hmm. as he sees it a raging concern? I think he does, and I don't think it's just because of the politics of the issue. Sure. Now, obviously, the politics of the issue are, are factor in a, an important you know, metric here, right? And it's not just sort of a, a Texas versus the federal government. I mean, you have Democratic governors and mayors concerned about how many migrants right. and their ability to kind of safely house them and, and care for them. But remember that this uh, immigration provision is tied 
to the aid for Ukraine right. and Israel. And that is something that President Biden has been pressing upon Republican lawmakers as well, too, that we are now well into the winter fighting season uh, in Ukraine, that a lot of the capabilities that Ukraine has to counter the airstrikes from Russia are because uh, of these capabilities that the United States has been sending over there. And that has stopped. That, that right. flow is now Un, unable to be funded. And so that's one of the, the pressing issues, too, that has really intensified these negotiations. All right, Josh, one more for you. Briefly, South Carolina is different than New Hampshire, and they're all different than Iowa. If Haley loses her home state, does she bow out or does she hang on for just 10 more days to Super Tuesday if she made it, you know, the month between New Hampshire and South Carolina? Well, so let me float in a third possibility here, <laughs> Jess, just to end, end, end our uh, segment. She could maybe be interested in a no-labels candidacy. Oh, okay. Right? Well, if you're Nikki Haley and you want to run for president in the future, if you, you know, she's obviously facing long odds. Maybe she, in her home state, makes this great comeback, and, and maybe that's the pathway. But absent that, if she's going to really stick out this fight against Donald Trump, I don't know that's in her self-interest if she wants to stay in the Republican Party that's dominated by Donald Trump. And there is this very... Uh, interesting piece of real estate that that no labels is, is searching for a candidate who kind of reflects the middle of the electorate and that's the type of campaign nikki haley has run th th this year so i'd be very i mean look i it's possible haley could drop out of the race and she endorses trump and you know we're on to the general election but if she fights trump and it gets really nasty for the next few weeks and she actually gets more support from these moderate middle of the road voters as a part of as part of that whole process yeah i i think there's going to be some buzz in the coming weeks on whether she might be a good fit for that that no she said she doesn't want it but but people change their minds people yeah. people you know evolve <laughs> That that is something I'm going to be watching pretty closely. Well, if your if your if your line is that nobody wants Biden or Trump, if no if nobody wants that rematch, and you truly believe that, then maybe that maybe that is her path. New generation, right? I mean, she, yeah. that's her message in this primary. She's a new generational leader, as she says on the campaign trail. Well, that that works as a third party candidate, and maybe maybe that's something that she she'd consider if, especially if this gets really nasty in the yeah. next few weeks. We'll see. Fox News Radio political analyst Josh Krauser and Washington D.C. correspondent Jared Halpern. Thanks both so much for joining me. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, Jess. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, it's Will Kane, The Rock. Today on The Will Kane Show, my interview with Dwayne Johnson on his presidential aspirations, the merger of WWE and UFC, plus his biggest failure in life and a life so full of successes. An incredible conversation with Dwayne Johnson on The Will Kane Show, 12 Eastern at foxnews.com, Fox News YouTube, and available on demand at thewillkaneshow.com. This is Jason Rance with your Fox News commentary coming up. If the 2024 election ends up being a rematch of 2020, this will continue to be an issue. Someone said, you know, uh, that Biden, he's getting old, man, I tell you what. Well, guess what? Guess what? 
I got, you know, the only thing that comes today is a little bit of wisdom. Well, about three in four voters said in a Fox News poll last year that President Biden, who's 81, is too old. Nearly half say the same thing about former President Trump, who, if elected again, would become our oldest president ever. By the time his second term would end in 2029, 82. And with age comes concern about mental fitness. More than 6 million American senior citizens have Alzheimer's disease, a number expected to double by 2050. This week, a new study was released showing there's promise in screening people for Alzheimer's. Researchers in Sweden found testing our blood for elevated levels of certain proteins can be highly accurate detecting the disease, even before symptoms show up. This comes after a similar blood test was made commercially available last year. It's a big step forward because this protein, P-Tau-217, we call it P-Tau, T-A-U, has been monitored in the cerebral spinal fluid. Dr. Mark Siegel is a Fox News medical correspondent and a professor at NYU Langone. But obviously, you're not going to be doing a spinal tap on everyone all the time. It's a lot of discomfort. Sometimes you have to do it, but it's not a routine test. And so the fact that we can now monitor this in your blood is a big step forward. Now, it's got limitations, but let me talk about the positive first. It correlates with the amount of beta amyloid protein and tau proteins that you have building up in your brain. There's about a 96 to a 97% accuracy, according to a study just out in JAMA Neurology, Journal of the American Medical Association, Neurology. It's a very impressive study, and it correlates very well with the presence of these proteins in the brain. These proteins are definitely associated with Alzheimer's disease. Okay, well, back up a second. These proteins, does everybody have these proteins in them, or it only develops because of Alzheimer's? Everyone has these proteins. The question is how much you have. And with Alzheimer's, you start seeing a lot of them. And with the tau protein, you develop something called neurofibrillatory tangles, which can actually... uh, gum up the brain, if you will, to use a vernacular. And the same with beta amyloid, they gum up the brain. What we don't know, though, is whether they're the uh, horse or the cart. We don't know, and there's a lot of debate for decades on this. Are these proteins causing Alzheimer's or are they building up as a result of Alzheimer's? The truth is probably somewhere in between. They have something to do with the development of Alzheimer's, but they're also a biomarker for Alzheimer's. The more of these that you have, the, 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 the idea that the neurons in the brain are not communicating as well with each other as they should be. Okay, now who gets this, this blood test? Only someone who you might, as a doctor, think has the developing and beginning stages of Alzheimer's? One of the things that was very encouraging about this study was that it correlated with early development of Alzheimer's. We've got mild cognitive impairment going on in 40 40- million people. And we don't know whether those people will develop to Alzheimer's or not. So this marker could actually increase your awareness that someone might be uh, at higher risk of it. Now, why would that matter? Well, right now it will matter because of family planning and being aware of what may be coming down the pike. It also might matter if you want to decide that you're in the subcategory that takes lecunemab, which is a monoclonal antibody directed towards amyloid protein. There's more of them coming. Lecunemab or lecembi has side effects like brain swelling, and you really have to be sure that talk very carefully with the patient and that the right expert is involved in determining whether to give this drug or not. But knowing that you're on the way to developing Alzheimer's might 
be a reason to use this drug earlier or another drug that's developing. This is just one step because we're talking about the plaque proteins here. And there's also a lot of scientists who believe that inflammation is involved with the development of Alzheimer's. Genetics is involved, obviously, in some cases more than others. And again, as I said, the ability for cells in the brain in the frontal lobe to communicate with each other, a deterioration of those cells. It's not all the tau protein and the and the beta amyloid protein, but they are certainly a marker that this is going on. All right. You talked about these treatments. I've heard so much that there really is not much you can do to stop Alzheimer's. What do these monoclonal antibodies do? And by the way, you hit the key point, Dave. If you're not going to be able to do anything, some people might say, why do I even need to know that if I'm not going to be able to do anything about it? That's really the billion dollar question. But we're starting to develop drugs that make some difference. We already have Aricept, which improves conduction among neurons, and that works for about six months. Uh, depending on the patient, it varies. So, But that's a, all we really had before this. We have a couple of others, Namenda. But these drugs actually can arrest the development and retard the development of beta amyloid protein, which appears to decrease clinically the development of the disease to some extent. Is it worth the trade-off of brain swelling and risk of bleeding? That's a one-on-one -on -one decision. It's got significant side effects, so it's not a panacea. All right. Now, when do you as a doctor start to want to test somebody? What, what signs of the early onset are you getting concerned when you start to see them? I mean, I just look at it in, in much more generically. It's when a patient is worried and they say to me, I'm having trouble remembering things. And then I screen them for depression. Or, is there an ongoing depression? Are they just overly worried because they're getting older? What, are they forgetting words? Again, are they under stress? Are they sleeping enough? I like to use all of those things before I really would zero in. But any patient, any patient that says they're worried that they're losing their memory or their ability to focus or think clearly, I think should be screened. Now, some of the things we screen with are not advanced tools. B12 deficiency can lead to this issue. I just said that uh, depression can. You know, I may go and do an MRI to see if there's a vascular issue going on or if something going on that I didn't know about or anticipate, mini strokes, things like that. At some point, I will decide to refer to the patient to a neurologist. When we hear about Alzheimer's, we think about dementia. These are not interchangeable words, right? One leads to another, but you have Alzheimer's doesn't mean you have dementia, right? Alzheimer's is the most common type of dementia. There, there's many types of dementia. There's frontotemporal dementia. There's, as I said, vascular dementia. There's normal pressure hydrocephalus from too much fluid building up in the brain. Parkinson's disease can cause you dementia. Dementia is an is a, a overall term for memory loss and cognitive loss. Again, cognition is not just memory. It's also the ability to process information, to decision-make, something we call executive function. In severe forms, when Alzheimer's goes on and on and you get into the later stages, what happens? Well, then, you know, the later stages, you, you, you may have a sense of loss of awareness. People tend to keep their long-term memory for the longest, but what happens is a disorientation and an inability to care for yourself. That's why it becomes a family disease. I mean, right now we have six to eight million people in the United States with Alzheimer's, but that's just tip of the iceberg. It involves entire families when someone can't take care of themselves. My mother 
had Alzheimer's in her last couple of years, and it did. There was incontinence, and she later died of pneumonia. The body starts to shut down. Is that really what happens? Those are separate issues, but the ability to not be able to care for yourself certainly makes you more susceptible to various diseases like pneumonia, uh, you know, like problems with urination. Obviously, you're not engaging in the kind of hygiene we need. Why are we more focused on it now? I mean, the disease was first put into the uh, our awareness over 100 years ago. I, I, and I was watching a news show the other day and people were saying, you know, when I was growing up, we didn't hear about Alzheimer's. Why now more than it used to be? I have a theory on that. And by the way, we also have an ability to approach it in ways that should be common sense, but aren't necessarily. If your hearing is good, if it's not good, you you get zoned out from the world. You need hearing aids to get you plugged back in. The more you're in the game, in the world, the slower that Alzheimer's develops. The more you eat vegetables in a Mediterranean diet, the slower that Alzheimer's develops. The more you're involved with playing games, again, with computer, with interaction, with socialization, the slower Alzheimer's develops. That we didn't, we never really thought of that before. But to your question, I think the reason we're scrutinizing it more and we're more aware of it these days is because as we get older now, we're still trying to do things. We're not retiring the way our parents and grandparents used to. 65 is not the magic age anymore. Might be the magic age for Medicare, but it's not the magic age for retirement. People are working on into their 70s. And so they need to know, am I going to be completely with it and sharp? Also, there are things called superagers. Some people age better than others. Some people keep their memory and their cognition intact. It's not a given that as you get older, you're going to lose that. Now, you talked about the things you can do to try to slow progression if you have Alzheimer's. One mystery still is what causes it, right? Well, I am in the camp that neuroinflammation plays a major role in causing it. I think that it's, it's a plaque formation there's also probably a precursor where there's inflammation in the brain, which interferes with neuronal function. There's a genetic predisposition, there's inflammation in the brain, and there's the formation of these proteins, these negative proteins. The combination of those three things defines Alzheimer's. But no, we don't have an absolute holy grail on this yet. Okay. As I said, my mother had it. You talked about genetics. People like me, who had a loved one who had Alzheimer's and died maybe as a result of it, should I be looking at a test? Should we be more open to getting tested? Well, I think that that genetics plays a role, but it's not like if you have you have apoprotein E, you're certainly much more inclined. But uh, but we don't have a genetic mapping of this yet, Dave. In other words, let me answer it this way. You should be tested if your mother has it. But it does not mean by any stretch of the imagination that you're automatically going to get it. Dr. Mark Siegel, Fox News medical contributor, professor of medicine at NYU Langone. Great to get your insight on us and great to talk to you again. Thank you so much. David, great to be with you. Thanks for having me. And in other news... Gianna Gelosi, did your siblings drive you nuts as a kid? Well, there's a new study showing they may have been bad for your mental health after all. A research team from the United States and China analyzed data from thousands of eighth graders and assessed their mental health to determine the impact having siblings had on their well-being. And they found having siblings is more negative for mental health than positive. In China, only children had the best mental health, while in the U.S., those with no or one sibling had similar mental health.
health. Those with the worst mental health were those with older siblings and siblings close in age. Experts believe the problem is resource dilution. If you view parental resources like a pie, one child means they get all of the pie. And the more siblings, the less resources there are for each child. The study was published in the Journal of Family Issues. However, having some siblings does have its benefits, just not on your mental health. Other studies have shown that having more siblings is associated with better social skills and lower likelihood of divorce. For the Fox News Rundown, I'm Gianna Jalosi. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table to Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. Subscribe to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. It's time for your Fox News commentary. Jason Rance. What's on your mind? Democrats are pushing us toward an America powered by wind, solar, and other green alternatives to gas, oil, and coal. It makes us more reliant on electricity. But as I detail in my book, What's Killing America? Inside the Radical Left's Tragic Destruction of Our Cities, the eco-reality favored by the left is light years ahead of our reality. A major piece of the Democrats' clean energy revolution is a mandate towards electric vehicles, EVs. The goal is to convert everyone to electric by force. But to date, the country only has 168,426 charging stations, with a goal of 500,000 by 2025. A lot of good that'll do. The International Council on Clean Transportation says the U.S. will require 2.4 million charging stations by 2030, which includes at-home, public, and workplace, based on EV market trends. Last week, Hertz Rental Car made headlines for ditching its EV fleet for more gas-powered vehicles. I lived their reason learning a harsh lesson about our weak EV infrastructure while driving to a wedding in Cleelum, 90 minutes east of Seattle. I don't own a car, so I rented one from Hertz. I was dubious of the EV they gave me, but I had no choice. They rented out the gas-powered car that I reserved, and I was out of options. As I drove to the wedding venue, I was nearly glued to the dashboard, watching a dwindling battery percentage. Just when I thought everything would be okay, I encountered hills. EV batteries do not like hills. When I arrived at the venue, my dashboard said the battery would only last 43 more miles. I needed double that to make it back to Seattle. From the vows to the post-ceremony dinner, I was panicked, downloading apps that mapped out the nearest EV power stations, hoping I could make this work. The closest location compatible with my car was a diner in the middle of nowhere, 30 miles away. I nervously headed out, watching the battery react to every hill and every press of the accelerator. The car misled me about how far I'd get. After 30 minutes, I had 9.5 miles to the charger and a battery that could handle 17 more miles. Pro tip. When driving an EV, do not make any mistakes. Like missing a poorly lit off-ramp to your plug-in station on a highway where the next opportunity to get off and head back is two miles away and two miles back when your battery has only about one mile left to give. I was forced to pull over, cruising to a stop in the middle of nowhere. The battery had died as I was pulling off the freeway. Moments later, the lights and heat went out. It was pitch black and about 30 degrees. After two hours of mostly yelling at Hertz customer service and cursing the lack of EV infrastructure in the state, I got an Uber after two hours of waiting. When the Uber arrived, I abandoned the EV. It was now Hertz's problem. I got home $108.91 later, plus a generous tip. This is your future in the Democrats' EV world. 
Does anyone think any state can install the hundreds of thousands of charging stations needed for an hours-long ride? Even the large urban areas with Democrat-controlled government aren't installing charging stations at a large scale. And can we even afford it? We'd better start embracing staycations because road trips are out of the question. Forget long drives to see medical specialists. And you better not forget to plug in each night or you'll find yourself without a battery juiced when driving home from work. The battery technology isn't where it needs to be to make EVs worthwhile. Yet Democrats continue to force EVs on us. It only takes a weekend trip to a wedding two hours outside of a big city to realize this country is nowhere near ready for the Democrats' clean energy revolution. It's too bad they're unwilling to accept reality. This is Jason Rance. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.